Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. A real, real kick in the pants for Tom Brady and what could be a very big blow to the Bucks' chances at winning another title with Brady at quarterback. It's Chris Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus on your smart speaker as well. We are presented by our good friends at Progressive Insurance. In case you missed it yesterday, an injury to Ryan Jensen, the center for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He has been the guy snapping the ball to Tom Brady over the last few years. And keep in mind, Ali Marpet retired this offseason. And while we haven't gotten the official word on where things stand with Jensen's injury, it sounds like there was one uh, quote yesterday from Adam Schefter that it was, quote, not looking good. Yesterday afternoon on Canty and Carlin, that, by the way, is weekdays 3 to 7 on ESPN Radio. Albert Breer, Sports Illustrated reporter on the NFL, on the impact of losing Ryan Jensen for the Bucks. They had depth concerns there to begin with, and now, like, you look at it, it's like you're down Kappa, he's in Cincinnati, you're down Jensen, he's injured. You could be looking at three new interior linemen, you know, for a 45-year-old quarterback who needs the right environment in which to thrive. Like, losing Ryan Jensen is as big a deal as if they, like, lost Chris Godwin or Mike Evans. Wow, that tells you a lot right there. And, Hembo, we discussed this a little bit yesterday when the news first came down that he was carted off the field during practice. Ryan Jensen is the centerpiece of that offensive line in the middle. We know how good the tackles have been, and Tristan Werbs in particular, and they signed Alex Kappa this offseason, and they brought in uh, Shaq Mason as well. But when you lost Marpet, who was a pro bowler, and he retired, and by the way, if you were thinking about him coming back, he apparently has slimmed down quite a bit, so mm. it would take a lot of work for him to get back physically to where he would need to be. Brady has always had problems, or at least the most problems that he's ever had, have been when the pressure has come up the middle and he has had it right in his face. From a Buccaneer standpoint, this does influence greatly if they are going to be without Jensen for the season where they're going to be in the pecking order in the NFC. Yeah, it's more fun to talk about Gronk and to talk about Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and people that are on your fantasy team. But and they just got the good news, by the way, that Godwin is good to right. go, you know, and in practice. But for my money, what, what happened yesterday to Ryan Jensen is massive. What, happened, what has happened to this offensive line this offseason is very consequential. Over Tom Brady's two seasons with the Bucks. He played 1,769 snaps with the same five linemen. Offensive line continuity has been perhaps the biggest strength of the best offense in the NFL since Tom Brady got there. And now, the only two remaining players along that line are those tackles that you mentioned. The reason, perhaps the biggest reason why they won the Super Bowl in 2020 was because of those guys. He played, uh, Tom Brady, of course, played all 20 games that year, including the playoffs. He was contacted a total of 45 times. When he chose to go to Tampa, it was in large part because of the group of people protecting him. And now that whole line is totally different than last we saw them. So now you look at the NFC, and we know how loaded the AFC is to begin with. So it's going to be hard enough for an NFC team to win the Super Bowl. Now it's who in the NFC can actually get to a Super Bowl, and how does this affect it? For instance... 
I don't believe, because the Saints are in the situation that they are at quarterback, that this will keep the Bucks from winning the division. I mean, they're just fortunate to be in what is a bad division. And so many people have been so high on the Saints. I don't get it. When you lose Sean Payton and you have Jameis Winston at quarterback and you have Dennis Allen now as your head coach, no offense to Dennis Allen, didn't go well the first time and it's been a while. So what exactly are we looking at that has us confidence, uh, confident in the New Orleans Saints prospects? So from a Buccaneer perspective, they're still going to win the division by default. But beyond that, are they beating Green Bay in Green Bay? Are they beating Green Bay, period? I don't know. I, I don't know. Are they beating the Rams? Probably not. I, I can't – are they beating the Eagles if the Eagles win the division? Eagles are pretty good if they have the, – if the Eagles win the division, they figured out their quarterback situation. Jalen Hurts is the guy long-term, and that would say to me, no. I, can I even go as far as to say, are they beating the Cowboys? Hmm. Think about that for a second. Le, the legitimate concerns that now arise from losing an offensive lineman right in the middle. It's a big problem. It's a big problem. It's a big problem, but – before writing the Bucks off, I think it's wise to take your cues from a place that knows. Vegas knows. And right now, I'm looking at the live odds right now at Caesar Sportsbook. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are still a clear and obvious favorite to win the entire conference. Right now, the Bucs are 3-1 to one to win the NFC. The Rams are 5-1, to one, and the Packers are 5-1. to one. So while it's easy to cry doomsday and identify the importance of Ryan Jensen and how much they might lose him, Vegas does not think that that's going to affect or impact Tom Brady's pursuit of his eighth championship. I'll take it a step further. Let's just argue for a second based off of what Lewis Riddick said this week, and I, I give him credit for going out on a limb. He said, I'm not only saying that Trey Lance is going to be the guy, I'm going to pick him as a dark horse for MVP. Mm. Like, he feels that good about it. If Trey Lance is that guy, they're not beating the 49ers. Let me pin you down then. All right, you're, you're going to power rank the NFC for me right now off the top of your head. Give me right. the top five teams in the NFC as it stands today off the top of your head. One through five? One through five. Number one, I, I might be a little bit biased on this because I have loved watching them for the last couple of years. Number one, I'm going to say the Rams. Okay. Number two, I almost have to say the Packers as much as it kills me to say it. I have to say it. Number three. If, they, if the San Francisco 49ers and the Bucks played today, who would you pick to win that game? I, I would still pick the, the Bucks to win the game. Would you pick the Bucks to beat the Cowboys today? Where's the game? No, nah, that doesn't matter. <laughs> what am I saying? That doesn't matter. I would probably still pick the Bucks, but that's more out of a lack of faith in Dallas. Bucks or Eagles? I, I think I would, and I know what happened in the postseason. I think I would pick the Eagles today. So you're putting the Bucks fourth right now in the NFC? This is going to wind up on Tom Brady's next documentary. You realize that, right? How about Brady taking a swipe at Max yesterday? <laughs> that was, first of all, for Max, that's a massive win. Big time. I don't care. The fact that he Big remembers time. four years ago and is tweeting about me uh, saying that I was falling off a cliff. God, if I was Max, that made my day. Oh, I would have sent that to my agent immediately. <laughs> I would have sent that to everybody, at e the, the, every management member oh, at ESPN yeah. immediately. Look, guys, look at what the, the GOAT is doing. Mm -hmm. He still remembers me. Um, 
Yeah, without Jensen, I I would pick them fourth in the NFC right now. You got to remember though, they still have the greatest quarterback that ever lived, who has shown no sign of drop off. Yes, and probably a pretty underrated defense. That defense was low key excellent last season. It was. it was in the playoffs the year before. There's no obvious reason to believe it'll fall off with Todd Bowles still there. Of course, that team's going to be still going to be really, really right good. Now? Where do you put them? I would put them behind. I would put them third behind, uh, in some order, the Rams and Green Bay. But they're better than Philly. Like, until I see Jalen Hurts take another step forward, I just can't pick a team quarterback yeah, I, by Jalen Hurts. The Philly defensive front, though, against Brady, that oh. Philly defensive front is tremendous. And they wrecked him in the, in the playoff game last year that the, that the Eagles lost. Yeah. I, I'm with you. But I don't think the Eagles had the firepower to, to win that game quite yet. It's Chris Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Hembo is here. Evan is here as well. We do have to get to an issue that Hembo has coming up that affects us all. Mm. We've all been through it in one way or another. And I, I listen, I'll just come out and say it. Your, your family is out of line. Out of line. Out of line with what they are pulling with you this oh, weekend. Oh, I can't wait to hear your opinion on Yeah, that. absolutely. It's, it's on the way. Tune in to an interleague battle tomorrow as the Red Sox host the Brewers presented by Progressive Insurance. Coverage begins 3.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. want to remind you, friends, that one of the big stories right now in baseball is what's going on with Aaron Judge, but how it overall affects the Yankees in their position. We're going to talk about the top four teams in baseball and what their fatal flaw is. That is on the way in moments on Greedy on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny, the podcast. Judge doing it again last night. Third walk-off of the year. That ties Mickey Mantle for the Yankees' all-time record. As far as walk-off home runs, they beat the Royals 1-0. Chris Carlin in for Greedy today, presented by Progressive Insurance. Protect the stuff you love with renter's insurance. Visit progressive.com. It wasn't even necessarily the home run, though, that caught my attention. It was what Judge had to say after the game, and if you have paid attention this season, this is very consistent as he heads toward free agency. This is on his relationship with the fans. Yeah, you know, I've, I've been here for six years now. You know, came through the system. You know, we got we got a deep connections. You know, some good highs, some you know, definitely lows. Um, but I know I'll definitely, you know, enjoy our time here. You know, if it ends this year, or if it ends, if it doesn't, you know, I'll, I'll soak up every memory just like tonight. Yeah. 
he has pretty consistently left the breadcrumbs all season long for I'm taking the most money that I get, period. And he has also tried to prove how much he's worth to the Yankees outside of just his playing ability. It's interesting. You think back to what happened in Toronto and the young kid who was the Aaron Judge fan caught the two home runs, had him down the next day. He's in the dugout with Judge. He's hanging out before the game. This is not an accident. This is, hey, Yankees, this is the guy I am. I am the face of your organization. Marley Rivera, who, by the way, just absolutely pinned him down at the All-Star game with the what do you say for little to little Timmy from Astoria, Queens, who doesn't want Aaron Judge to, lo- to leave. And after stammering for a second, hey, there's a lot of great players on this team. <laughs> See you later, Timmy. It's been real. He has made no bones about the fact that he's taken every penny, and if it's not here, that's not going to be a problem. But to me, like, there's every... Part of the story here, both sides did what they should have done. The Yankees offered Aaron Judge what the industry at the time believed to be a fair and representative contract. They did. They absolutely did. And when you talk, can to- you honestly look at Anthony? And, and, and I was saying this at the time. You're using the exception. You know, but, but you're no, using no, no, the no, exception. No, no. no, I'm not because as much as like they're taking Aaron Judge and pigeonholing him into, this is what a right fielder at age 30 with your abilities gets. That's what GMs do. But they're also not factoring in, on both sides, what he has meant to them financially. He has meant, think about the fact that they were, they have never openly marketed a player the way that they have marketed Aaron Judge since he got there, and I'm including Jeter in that. I mean, did they have a Derek Jeter section like they had the judges' chambers after year one? They did not. They did not. When it comes to a player like that, it can't just be about what every last little statistic about being a right fielder at age 30 is going to mean. When I, I'm sorry, if I were judge and I say, wait a minute, Anthony Rendon got 245 for seven and you offered me 210? Yeah, we'll take a walk. Of we'll course, figure it out. If I were a judge, I would say that. But at the time, the offer to judge was considered fair and reasonable. It was. You talked to all the um, insiders around the industry, and some of them said, yeah, most of the executives around the sport think that he should have taken that. We're surprised that he didn't take that. You're using two-thirds of a season in which he's performing as well as he ever has as, yes, it's the most recent data point. That's not who Aaron Judge has been on balance. I have no issue with him turning down the contract, nor do I have any issue with the contract that the Yankees offered him. I think he's played this year beautifully by playing so well and playing coy in the media, but I don't view the Yankees as some sort of uh, devil in the, in the, in the um, context here. To me, the Yankees did the right thing, and so did Judge, and that can be okay. We also know what he's going to mean to them down the stretch of the season. But when you look at the top four teams that have a chance to really contend for a championship, well, they all have some sort of flaw. The question is, will they be fatal or will they be merely a flesh wound? <laughs> Chris Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. So let us ask that very question right now as Hembo will take over and ask those questions of the top four teams that can contend and if it is their flaw is fatal or a flesh wound. That's right. And they have until, <laughs> until And by Tuesday. the way, this is completely stolen from Mike and Mike and back in the oh, day. Oh, absolutely. Yes. This is what we did. And we're on Greeny, so it makes sense. So perfect. Yeah. So 
The Yankees. We'll start with the Yankees. Their rotation ERA by month this season. We did this yesterday. 2.71 in April. 2.83 in May. 3.49 in June. But 4.10 in July. Is the regression in their starting rotation fatal or just a flesh wound? I think at the moment it's fatal. Now, I believe that by Tuesday at 6 p.m. Luis Castillo will be a Yankee. I'll be surprised if that does not happen. Don't be short-sighted and stupid here, Brian Cashman. Realize that it is a fatal flaw, potentially. We all love Nestor. We all love Nestor. But doesn't it still feel like it's a party trick? It kind of does, doesn't it? I don't... Jamison Tyone was brilliant against the Royals. And that's where it ends. (laughs) It's the Royals! I'm not somebody that's going to believe in Tyone... Uh, if Severino's healthy, I feel pretty good about him. I honestly do. But right now, it's a fatal flaw. All right, fatal flaw for the Yankees, you say. Mm. Next is the Dodgers, all right? The Dodgers have a 4.45 ERA in the ninth inning this season. That ranks 24th in the sport. They've been outscored by 10 runs in the ninth inning this season. Are the Dodgers' late game issues fatal or just a flesh wound? Eh, it's just a flesh wound. Just a flesh wound. And I think the reason is, listen, I... I, again, might be a little biased here. I'm a Kimbrel guy, always have been. Mm-hmm. I know he's not what he was with the Braves in the early days, but I, I am a Craig Kimbrel guy, and I just believe in the Dodgers in, in when it comes to the postseason. They've been here so often. I, I think you have a lot of character on that team, and while things have not gone very well in the ninth inning, I do have, I, I guess you'd call it what would be more of an intangible belief in them. Hmm in the ninth inning in the postseason. Mm. All right, you say a flesh wound. Next is the Astros, the third mm. best record in baseball. So when they've been traditionally at their best, they've had one of the deepest lineups in the sport. But the bottom third of their order this season, the seven, eight, nine spots in their batting order, a 6-12 OPS, which ranks 26th in baseball. Does the lack of depth, does the lack of length in the Astros lineup, my friend, a fatal flaw or just a flesh wound? Ah, it's a flesh wound. I mean, I, I, I get it. Maybe I'm not supposed to have a ton of faith in Jake Myers. Maybe I'm not supposed to have a ton of faith in, in Chaz McCormick or, or whatever. I played uh, Little League Baseball with Chaz McCormick's older brother, by the way. Wow, that's really not even interesting. Not at all. Yeah, uh, and does not influence how I feel about this. Not at all. I, I'm sorry. The Astros are, you know, they are the classic team of when you want to tell me they're dead, you better show me the body. Mm. I... I believe in the Astros uh, until proven otherwise. Fair enough. The last team is the Mets with the fourth best record in baseball right now. The Mets have been out homered this season, 107 to 96. They're minus 11 in home run differential. The only team near the top of the standings that has been out homered. So there's a lack of pop in that lineup, my friend. Is that a fatal flaw or just a flesh wound? Also a flesh wound. Just a flesh wound. Closer to fatal than than the others, I would say. But honestly, just a flesh wound because I I do think the Mets have a little something special. And they're also a very good clutch hitting team. It doesn't Mm. necessarily lead to home runs, but the Mets can hit in the clutch. And there are guys, even though they don't hit a ton of home runs, that can add a little bit of pop. And, I I mean, I'll give you a guy like Eduardo Escobar. Mm. Like, he, he strikes me as somebody that you're going to want at the plate in a, in a big situation. So they've added Daniel Vogelbach. They this, yesterday traded for Tyler Naquin. If, let's say that's all they do. You see a clear path for them to winning the pennant. 
I do see a clear path for them to winning the pennant, but I do believe the Dodgers will be their biggest challenge, not the Braves. How about that? I like it. All right. Chris Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus. With that in mind, make sure that you tune in to an NL battle on Sunday. The Giants host the Cubs. Coverage begins Sunday night baseball, 6 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app and 7 o'clock on ESPN. Up next, the trade deadline, 6 p.m. on Tuesday. Could Shohei Otani Really be on the move. Reports last night that the Angels are listening. Jeff Passan joins us in moments on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Greeny, the podcast. Worked in Philadelphia for a year, and I still live probably about 35, 40 minutes from the city. I, I have to tell you, as somebody that was always a North Jersey guy for my entire life, you have a perception of what the city is. And then you go and spend time there, and it's just the perception is unfair because I think that every city has its fans that are just stupid. You know, it just it happens. But I think that what's not appreciated about Philadelphia is not just the ability to love a player and love them forever, but the ability to hold a grudge against a player and hold it forever. And that is exactly what is going on right now with Ben Simmons. And boy, I respect this. <laughs> there is, as, as we know, Hembo is a Philly guy. There is a petition right now signed by uh, our very latest is, is what, what is the number right now, Evan Wilner? 359? Was that the number? That is correct. 359. 359 people in the Philadelphia area have signed a petition trying to force Nick Castellanos to sell his house. Why? Because Ben Simmons is the guy that he bought the house from. Ben Simmons apparently has his bad juju rubbing off now on Nick Castellanos and the Philly fans want Castellanos out of his home. That's the problem right now. What do you want to do? You want to make him sell it and then you want to tear it down? Mm. Is this like a haunted burial ground of some sort of Ben Simmons missed jump shots? Yes. I mean, it feels yes. like that. It, it, it is. Uh, you gave Evan an inaccurate number. The, the correct number is 360 because I just signed the petition. <laughs> there is absolutely no question whatsoever, just objectively speaking, that if Nick Castellanos were living literally anywhere else, that his OPS would be at least 100 points higher. This is affecting performance. This is affecting how he can do his job. And look, when you're a new player in the city of Philadelphia, we are looking to embrace yes. you. Yes. We're looking, we're looking for excuses to embrace you. And you moved into his house. There are so many nice houses in South Jersey. And you chose that house? 
Come on! Like this, it, it drove me crazy at the time. I signed the petition. I might donate the eleven dollars that they're asking me to now through my PayPal. Now they they want to buy the house from him. Paul, can you chip in eleven dollars to get this petition on the agenda? So like this, this is some sort of like coordinated effort to actually make this happen. Wow. Honestly, again, the ability to hold that grudge against Simmons. It's not about Castellanos. No. It's about Simmons. And Castellanos has played poorly, and there is no doubt that there are a lot of people in that town, and justifiably so, who feel like that is rubbing off on him. (laughs) Greeny, the podcast. I love the baseball trade deadline. Absolutely live for it every year. Whether or not there's going to be big action around it, we've already seen a couple of things happen. I am very much looking forward to Tuesday at 6 p.m. now, between now and then, to see who's actually on the move and who's not. It's Chris Carlin in for Greeny today on ESPN Radio, coming to you live from the Seaport District, Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. When you want to know what's going on, you check in with one of the ESPN MLB insiders and the great Jeff Passan, who joins us right now. Jeff, it's Chris in for Greeny. Appreciate the time. I know this is a busy time, especially. So what is your early read on the market? Is this going to be a very busy few days, or is it going to be one of the quieter trade deadlines? As much, Chris, as you may be looking forward to the time going up until 6 p.m. on Tuesday, I am looking forward to 6.01 p.m. (laughs) Tuesday. That's going to give me a chance to breathe, and I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Yeah, it's going to be busy. Um, and, and it not it may not be busy with uh, all kinds of big names. You, you know, let's not forget the Atlanta Braves last year won the World Series by acquiring a bunch of role players at the trade deadline. And they happened to be role players who had big Octobers and stepped up in moments when they needed them. But uh, it's not like Atlanta went out and gave up Michael Harris or Spencer Strider or any of the really good young players that they still have on their roster now. So it's not necessarily a a path to a championship to go out and win the deadline. Uh, It's not going to necessarily win you games in October, but uh, the, the idea that Juan Soto could be in a different uniform by Wednesday, um, that Luis Castillo could be in the New York Yankees rotation, potentially that uh, Frankie Montas could be complimenting, uh, Robbie Ray and, and Logan Gilbert and George Kirby up in Seattle. Uh, I mean, all of these possibilities are very real right now. And uh, I'm, I'm not even talking about what San Diego is doing because uh, at this point they're out on everyone. Jeff Passan, ESPN Senior MLB Insider, joining us. Chris Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. All right, there were stories late last night that – the Angels are actually going to take some phone calls between now and Tuesday at 6 p.m. on Shohei Otani. But, Jeff, give me a percentage likelihood. I have a feeling I have, I have an idea that he actually gets moved by then. Five, yeah. if that. Yeah. And, and, and I say five only just because who knows if an organization is going to come through with a complete godfather offer and – just blow the angels away to the point where they would be foolish to say no to it. But uh, I I have a difficult time squaring the idea that Artie Moreno, the angels owner is going to say yes to any Otani deal. You know, when, when teams are talking, Chris, they they may just be talking not to try and get a deal done in that moment, but to get information and to get a sense of what players teams value. 
And that information may come up a couple months down the road at the GM meetings or the winter meetings where they're trying to swing a deal for another player. And if you figured out during your time talking about Otani that, hey, maybe we're higher on a player than this team is and we could go get him, then that's useful information. Um, I just, you know, should they trade Otani? Like they sure should consider it. Uh, I mean, unless the, the Angels plan on going out and, spending far more money this offseason than they have in recent years or, frankly, than they have at all under the, the stewardship of Moreno, then we're looking at an organization that's probably not going to be a playoff team again next year, and then Otani goes to free agency and you get a draft pick between the second and third round as compensation as opposed to four or five top-end prospects. Um, just makes all the sense in the world to consider dealing him at this point, but uh, I just don't think the Angels are there right now. And and so it it would be fool it would be foolish of them not to listen, um, but it would also be foolish of them to to trade him for something that isn't uh, just blowing them out of the water. Jeff, with that in mind, are they better served? While they may not get quite what the return would be if they actually did now, aren't they are, are they better served? waiting till the offseason and having a much broader conversation with Otani and amongst themselves about where this is all headed when you've got yes. Rendon on the books yes. and Trout's money on the books. Yeah, I mean, that's 75-plus million dollars a year for the foreseeable future. That's invested in one player who has not produced and has not stayed healthy since he's been there and another player who's you know among the best that I've ever seen and will ever see, but... Uh, whose future right now and, and whose health is a question. And and this, by the way, I'm, I'm not jumping on the, oh, God, Mike Trout is done bandwagon. I don't think that uh, the back injury that he has right now is nearly as significant as uh, was initially put out there by the Angels trainer. But uh, it's a back injury, and it's baseball, and it's Don Mattingly, and it's David Wright. And we know that these sorts of things can uh, alter careers to to the point where guys just are never the same. I believe Mike Trout will be back. I believe Mike Trout will be the same. There's no indication to me at this point that that's not going to be the case. But still, when you're starting off with $75 million on the books, you better be ready to spend 125 plus on top of that. And uh, Shohei Otani is not going to take up a huge chunk of that because he's still under the arbitration system. The salary is still significantly depressed compared to where it, it should be and where it will be in free agency. Um, but beyond them, the, the Angels have Taylor Ward, who is good. Um, the Angels have a uh, rotation with a few guys in it, uh, whether it's Reed Detmers or Patrick Sandoval, who you can look at and say, okay, you know, maybe, maybe we got something here. But short term, the, the Angels just are not a competitive team. And what they have to factor in and weigh is, will Shohei Otani want to stick around if we don't build a winner around him and Mike Trout? And I think the answer to that is no. Jeff Passan, ESPN senior MLB insider joining us. Jeff, I heard you the other day on ESPN Daily with Pablo Torre, and I thought it was a great point that probably is overlooked about Juan Soto and the true value that he brings to any team that he goes to right now, basically the production he will give you over two and a half years is worth twice at least what you are paying him for that stretch. 
So lay this out for me right now, where we stand with Soto, and who really has the best position to make this happen? I think the Padres, the Dodgers, and the Cardinals are probably in the best position just in terms of what they can give up for Juan Soto. Uh, that said, I don't know that the Cardinals' appetite is necessarily there. They've, they're focusing rightly and understandably on starting pitching right now as well, considering Jack Flaherty and Stephen Matz are out for an unforeseen amount of time. So uh, I'm not crossing the Cardinals off the list by any means, but I'm not sure they're quite at the top the way they were uh, considered to be a few days ago. Uh, so uh, part of me is wondering if this is going to turn into a repeat of last year. Let's remember, the San Diego Padres believed that they were very close to landing Max Scherzer last year. And when they uh, tried to finish the deal, the Dodgers came in over the top, said, we want Trey Turner too, and we will give you Cabert Ruiz and Josiah Gray. And Mike Rizzo, the Nationals general manager, said, as good as San Diego's offer is, I like the Dodgers better. This time around, I wonder if it's the opposite, where the Dodgers, who have a very good and very deep farm system, uh, can go out and try and get Soto. They don't need him necessarily. They still have a great offense without Juan Soto. And let's remember, a lot of what the Dodgers are doing right now and have done in recent years has been due to players who came from their farm system. Corey Seager spending six years with them came from their farm system. Will Smith, their great catcher right now. Gavin Lux is having a breakout year. Farm system, farm system. Like not everyone is going to come from your farm system when you have a payroll the size of the Dodgers. But if you can complement the players that you're either acquiring like Mookie Betts, again, through their farm system, uh, or, or the free agents are signing like Freddie Freeman with younger players that you've drafted, signed, and developed, boy, um, the, that's the ideal situation. And it's one that puts pressure on San Diego with uh, the record they've got now, which is good, which is bound to get better with Fernando Tatis Jr. coming back to actually put them in that echelon that I don't think they're in right now, but I do think the Dodgers, the Braves, and the Mets are. Jeff, prior to the Benintendi trade, why haven't the Yankees been all over this when this could solve many long-term issues, including with Judge? It just it feels like at times they don't operate like the Yankees anymore. I mean, they, they if by operate like the Yankees, you mean recklessly? Yes, they don't <laughs> operate like the Yankees anymore. And And I, you know... Were I a Yankees fan, I would be thankful for that, not lamenting of the fact. Mm -hmm. Um, That said, there are times and there are moments and there are players where you throw caution to the wind and say, this is somebody for whom I'm going to uh, avoid operating the way that I've operated in recent years. And Juan Soto is that kind of guy. But uh, the Yankees clearly believe that either Anthony Volpe or Oswald Peraza is their shortstop of the future. And uh, they don't want to give up those caliber of players in a deal when they know that sort of thing is going to prompt them to either get a guy like Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, who's good and who fits in this slugging lineup, but who's nobody's idea of a power hitter or a dominant player at shortstop, or go out in free agency and sign one of those guys for uh, an exorbitant contract. And listen, you're going to have Trey Turner, Carlos Correa, 
Dansby Swanson, Xander Bogarts on the free agent market this offseason. Any of them would look great in pinstripes, but if you go and get Juan Soto uh, and have Aaron Judge sticking around with Giancarlo Stanton and Garrett Cole, all of a sudden it's getting into uncomfortable territory for the Yankees with regards to their payroll. Now, one can argue, and I think argue fairly, and I think argue rightly, that the Yankees should have the highest payroll in baseball, and every year they don't is a missed opportunity. But uh, the, the truth is they haven't won a championship since 2009. And uh, the, the accountability is not necessarily held by fans, but held by the lack of banners that's hanging in Yankee Stadium right now. You got 27, but at 28th has proven awfully elusive at this point. And while the Yankees have been very competitive and a very well-run team and the envy in many ways of almost every organization in baseball, all that matters is the ring, man. And if they're not winning winning rings, then they leave themselves open to questioning. Jeff, I leave you with a a philosophical question here I would like to get your take on, uh, based on the discussion we're about to have with Hembo. Mm. When and how long is it acceptable for family members to stay with you? And also, how many family members is acceptable to stay in your home when they come to visit? I think it depends on the size of your home. If they're encroaching on shared territories, like having to sleep on a couch, I think, and it also depends, are we talking uh, immediate family or are we talking cousins? We're talking extended family. Is that fair? Jeff, we're, we're talking cousins and we're talking about eight people in totality. It's never okay if it's eight people, unless you live in a mansion. Thank you. It's genuinely, it's genuinely never okay. Eight people? Are you freaking kidding me? What kind of monster would do that? There will be sisters of mine, potentially, if they visit us and those eight other people sleeping on the floor in our kitchen, Jeff Passan. Yeah, it's it's actually shocking to me that you grew up uh, in a household where the concept of a hotel seemingly never existed. (laughs) (laughs) Jeff, if you could ship about 200,000 Marriott points to Hembo, that'd be awesome. (laughs) Hembo, here's here's the truth. I would say, now, now granted, I, I make a wonderful living, so perhaps I'm speaking from a position of privilege here, but I would rather pay for their hotel rooms than have them stay at my house. There's no hey. question. No, I'm serious. I'm serious. I'd Eight rather build a hotel just, than have them stay at my house. <laughs> I mean, Jeff, I'm a, I'm a segment producer on Get Up. I, I don't have Brian Cashman's phone number here. These, these sisters of mine will sleep on the kitchen floor, and that's the only way that we can do it, my friend. Wow. I mean, hey, you know, good, good for them for being young enough and having sturdy enough backs to survive <laughs> the Hemble kitchen floor. But Jeff, awesome. Appreciate it. And I know it's going to be a busy few days, but thanks for making the time. You got it, boys. Take care. Jeff Passan, ESPN Senior MLB Insider with us. We'll get to Hembo here in a second in the eight people who are staying at his house. Are you excited to travel this summer? Have you ever thought about all of the people that make a vacation truly great, like the chef at that world-class restaurant or the tour guide with great stories? You know, if you're hiring, you can find great people like these for your roles at ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter's technology finds the right candidates for your job, and you can invite your top choices to apply. Four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash 
Greeny. It's Chris Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus. I was going to say that Aaron Judge with his walk-off home run last night was in the zone, but frankly, Jeff Passan was just in the zone with that insight that he gave you, not only from a baseball standpoint, but from a family standpoint. So you agree with him? I, I do, and, and let's let me just finish this. Mm. Jeff Passan was in the zone. So get in the zone. It's brought to you by AutoZone. Get in the zone. AutoZone. You have eight people coming eight. to stay at your home this weekend. It is a three-bedroom, is eight. that? Three, yes, three-bedroom home, one of which my wife and I will occupy, of course. Let me ask a couple of questions here mm. quickly. Number one, was it assumed that they would stay with you, or was there an ask? It was assumed. It was assumed. Mm-hmm. Um, this is more your wife's side of the family or this yours? Is, this is my side of the family. Your side of the family. Mm-hmm. I guess my last question is how? Have this happened? Yeah. So th- these, are, these are family. This is family from Ohio. They're visiting the Jersey Shore and some friends of theirs for the week. On their return trip to Ohio, they asked if they could stop and stay with us. Mm-hmm. It wasn't asked if they could come see us, if they could see us and stay locally. It was asked if they could come stay with us. And- okay, so that, that to me, when I hear that, that mm-hmm. means that they want, they're going to drive in late one night and they want to stay over before they hit the road the next morning. No, Is that accurate? No, they are, they are approaching my home as we speak. I will return home from work today and they will be with us until Sunday morning. Yeah. All eight of them. And this is generally accepted practice in your family. I mean, I suppose it's more a matter of circumstance, but like there was never any, should we get them a hotel room type question? It was just like, how much pork are we going to buy? Evan Wilner, give me 10 seconds on this, your take. I moved closer to mine and my family so that they could come back in, in a day. They can go and come back in a day. They never stay with us. They never stay with you. I moved to Connecticut for that reason. Took this job <laughs> for point. that reason. That's, that's an excellent point. And as I have said many times, I love my family. I am so grateful that they live all over the country. And there is not the opportunity to come and stay. I don't want to stay at somebody else's house. I will, I will break out the extra hundred bucks to do it to stay over at... You know, a hotel, I'd rather do that. Oh, God, you're nuts. We're brought to you by Progressive. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.